on Wednesdays, right the news at one o'clock. I'm trying to bring people to you that maybe can give you some advice and and guide you through working virtually during the pandemic. You're not there at the office. You're not making connections. You're not seeing what's really going on, and you don't even know if the culture's changed. So what do you do? Well, last week. I had a career specialist from Wilmington University had some great ideas, great suggestions on the podcast page. Just look for the Rick Jensen podcast at WDEL.com. Chris Holmes is a career specialist, and she has written a book that's taken off. It's become really popular all around the country. It's called Ignite Your Career. She's out of St. Louis, and she's on the phone right now. Hey, Chris. Hey, Rick. How are you? Employed. Good for you. I, I know, right? Yeah. Well, you have an interesting story. You start out doing different things that were not really in your skill set, and you figured it out, talked to a bunch of people. You became uh, familiar with what your skills are, and now you're very, very successful. Well, there are people now working virtually. Maybe they're discovering they have some problems with their skill sets, but certainly there's a lot of problems with uh, with working virtually. And, and I'm just wondering, um, from from your point of view, what are the first things people should be doing if they're working virtually, they don't feel a real connection at work, and they're wondering, all right, uh, what's going on, and how do I let them know I have value? I think the first thing, according to everything I read in your book, is you better look at yourself first, right? I agree with that completely, Rick. And, and my philosophy is you have to figure out who you are and what your strengths are. What are your innate abilities and how do they set you up for success and do they align with the role you're in now? And if they do, that's great. Your role will be easy and you'll be successful. But if they don't, every day going into the office will feel like a grind. Well, yeah, but and what, well, every day when you're not actually going into the office, too, I guess that makes it even more difficult, huh? Because you can't reach out to people. You can't go into people's office and sit down and say, can you teach me how to do this? You're on yeah. your own, so it makes it doubly hard. I'll bet. And you also write a lot about um, if you get a job, say, in marketing, and you're, you're the entire department, there's no one to learn from if you're trying to leverage your career in some way to, you know, just to, to get better at what you do. And, and I'm wondering, taking that from your book, and I'm wondering, you know, applying that to now working during the pandemic and, and virtually, what does someone do in that situation? In fact, let me make this even more difficult for you, <laughs> okay? Uh, we, have, we have, there are a lot of people um, in South Jersey, Delaware, Northern Maryland, listen to this program, who sadly... Um, are still working, but their companies, their companies have been eviscerated. There's so many people have been laid off of their companies because when there's no revenue, the owners, the managers, they, they want to keep the business open as much as possible, but they have expenses. And right. so it's fewer and fewer people doing more and more work. And, and people are wondering, man, oh, where do I stand? What do I do? Even for those who are going into the building, say, you know, once or twice a week, but they're still not experiencing all that, what's your advice for them based upon what you were just talking about? Well, and, and that one is a really tough one because they're in the fire. You know, they're, they're just trying to stay afloat because I think they have, with what you're describing, they have so much on their plate because all their peers have been laid off and they're now doing multiple jobs at once. Yeah. So we're talking about two different things. 
that one, the one you're talking about right now, is they're just trying to keep a lot of balls up in the air. And the question is, do they have the time at the moment to do that self-assessment? And maybe for the short term, what they say is, okay, I'm going to focus on just doing my job and just helping the company get through this crisis, and then I'm going to take a step back and figure out, of all these things that I was doing, what was I good at, what did I like, and, and truthfully, take some assessments to figure out how am I wired, what are my strengths, and where should that take me in the future. So, I tell you, though, it's tough, Chris, you, you know, because you, you, I, I listen to people, I hear that, you know, they, they have their job, they don't know what's going on at work, they, they're not sure if the culture's changed, they have their kids who are not learning virtually, and, and all these extraordinary stresses. Um, you're pretty good at time management. So, so how do people find the time to actually say, okay, I'm going to sit down and self-assess because that can actually get me to where I really want to be as opposed to yeah. where I am right now, right? Whether it's at the same yeah. company or at a different company. So time management, right. how do you do that? Well, two, there are two different things. One is the self-assessed piece, and it actually doesn't take that much time, Rick. So there are two assessments that I love. One is StrengthsFinder, and there's a book out there. It's Discover Your, it could be Sales Strengths. There's a bunch of different versions. But within that, there's a test you take that's pretty darn quick, and it's an online test that gives you results. The book is easy to read, and then it also tells you with your results where you might go. A second one is, is a test called U-Science, Y-O-U-Science, and this has you play nine eight-minute computer games, so less than an hour and a half. And from that, it figures out how your brain is wired, and again, it tells you your superpowers, and then where it might lead you. So it's instead of watching your favorite Netflix show. Yeah. You know, bag that and do this one night or on a weekend, and it will be really enlightening to you. Some people have said to me, it's kind of like they read my diary, but now they're telling me what I should do with that learning, and it's really helpful. And then in terms of time management and the stresses, I think the key is to realize we are all going through this together. We're all in a pandemic. Everybody has different scenarios going on, be it, like you said, kids at home, little kids, parents you're taking care of, and you've got to figure out what you have to do to take care of yourself, whether it's time off for exercise or talk to friends, but you've got to figure out how to take that stress level down a little bit so that you can manage your daily life. What are some techniques to really make sure you're on the same page with your boss when you don't communicate as much, there's no stopping by the desk, no saying, uh, hey, you got a second, stuff like that. It's, it's all very organized. Zoom meeting at 3.30, you know, things like that. And you can't, if you text or email and you're trying to say something, nuance is always lost. In fact, I've sent some yeah. emails with a parentheses, parentheses, nuance. Here's what I'm trying to say in parentheses because <laughs> it, it, is, it is lost in emails and, and text messages, yeah. right? So, so how do you manage that part of your career? I think you've got to be much more overt than you ever were before. And I would really go to your manager and say, since I can't 
read your face anymore, and I really can't just grab you, you know, in while you're getting coffee. Can we set up time two times a week to have a half an hour Zoom meeting to go over objectives and strategies and what I'm dealing with? First of all, to make sure we're on the same page, but also if I'm having any obstacles so that I can get your help and if you have any issues with anything that I'm going through or doing that you can tell me up front versus after the fact. And I think that being proactive and doing that will, first of all, make your connection to your boss that much stronger, but also help you deal with anything early on, which is, I believe, the way to do it. You, um, you and I were talking the other day, and you said when you do this and, you know, you handle the distractions and all that, and I want to get to that in a second, but first, something else you said when we were talking off the other day, you have to bring rationale to what you want to yes. do. Yes, yes. So, yeah, you, you, um, so you, you ask your boss for the Zoom meeting and do that, but in addition, what you bring to the table has to be what? It, it has to be rationale, because what you're trying to say is, I want you know, my goal as an employee is to make my boss look good and help our team achieve the goals. And because we're not in the office day in and day out, it's harder to make sure we're all on the same page. And so by doing, you know, by having these meetings, I can make sure we're all aligned and I'm helping you and the team stay on track, and achieve our goals. So you're right, Rick. I forgot to add that part. It's a very important part, and it makes it look like it's what I call a whiffum, what's in it for me or what's in it for her or yeah. him. Um, so everybody sees the value of it. No, you won't forget things because I took notes. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I listen. No, I, yeah, you know. uh, look, this, this is important to my listeners, and so it's important to me. It's Chris Holmes. She is a um, really a career consultant, career specialist, and uh, we, we referred to her book a little bit called Ignite Your Career because I've been going through it and I thought, you know what, a lot that you write about really is relevant to folks whether they're working uh, or not. And we're not going to get into the whole thing about resume building and, and things like that. But, you know, just some advice for folks right now, especially during the pandemic, um, whether they're working or, or they're not, we can get to some of that as well. But I want to also talk about distractions. So you mentioned Zoom meetings and... <laughs> Sometimes they're funny and they're fun. For example, I was interviewing a U.S. senator, and my cat jumped up and turned off my laptop. <laughs> All of my questions were on the laptop. Thank goodness I uh, I remember them. And then the very next day, she gets up here, and I have another microphone on, and she meowed right into the microphone, <laughs> just like that. And um, it was funny. And then a friend of mine is on a Zoom meeting, and it's a very serious meeting, and then... Uh, the, the little baby, just barely walking, staggering, comes up and goes, poopy diapy, poopy di in the middle of the meeting. <laughs> you know, and that's a, that's a distraction that you really cannot ignore. So, I mean, I think most people are accepting the fact that you're at home, you have these distractions, yeah. but what else can you do to kind of like manage those distractions? Well, first of all, um, I, I truthfully love those distractions. I, I think they humanize us and they connect us more um, and make us like each other more. So I have found silver linings during the pandemic 
all over the place. And one of them is these Zoom meetings that I'm having with my candidates and my clients have strengthened the relationship. And part of it is because of these funny things that happen. Or we just end up talking more about family and life than we would over a phone call. I think when you see somebody, those things happen. But as you're talking about Zoom meetings or interviews where you're doing Zoom, it is really important to try to be professional. Now, when when those things happen, you've got to be agile and and laugh with it, and, and that's okay. But you've got to, first of all, set up your technology. Um, I was working with a kid because we do offer things like interview prep, and and he and I were doing a practice mock interview, and I, I said to him, okay, David, is this how you're interviewing with people? He had had 30 interviews and hadn't gone further, and he's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, well, I happen to be looking up your nose right now. So oh. he had his computer down low and the oh, screen, no. yeah, so I'm like, okay, and, and I'm like, and the light above your head is incredibly distracting. Let's go on a tour of your house. So I made him take me around his house until we found a, like literally a closet that he could close the door where it was really, you know, was not distracting. It was good lighting. He could put a desk in. I had him go get two shoe boxes and put the computer out. So we were looking eye to eye. It's really important to get that technology set first then to put a note on the door and tell all of your roommates or whoever it is, your family, I am having an interview. I am doing a Zoom call. Do not interrupt me. Um, get the dog, go take the dog for a walk, whatever. You try to minimize those distractions. You make sure your technology works. You get on 10 minutes early. Um, you, you try, the, interviews are nerve-wracking enough without technology imploding. So you get all those things done. Then the other couple things you want to do is make sure you've done your homework. In my book, there's a whole chapter on interview prep, and I am a big believer not doing your interview prep is like going to Harvard and leaving, you know, one test before you get your diploma. It's just absolutely ridiculous. You do too much work to get there. So do your homework, but then in the interview itself, You want to have extra energy because that comes across really well. But then after somebody asks you a question, you have to pause. Because I don't know about you, Rick, it's really easy in these Zoom calls to talk over people. So you need to pause and let, you know, the conversation stop before you jump in and answer. So those are just my top-line thoughts. Yeah, I usually jump in and just jump over people anyway because, you know, time frame. Yeah, why not? And I'm going to take. I'm going to take your direction. Uh, speaking of time frame, we're probably not going to have time to get into LinkedIn. But you led the conversation, Chris, to the point where I want to ask about people who are not working, who have lost mm-hmm. their jobs. People, perhaps in the travel industry, where they're not going to get a job back very soon. And and you write in the book, and you say all the time, networking is not about finding a job. It's not about finding a job, even though that's what's on people's minds. So go into that a little bit more. Yeah, so I believe networking is something you should do day in and day out. Um, And and it's like a muscle you should build, and you should make it really strong, and you should be networking all the way back to people in your high school and your college, and if you went to grad school and people you've worked with in the past. And, And you should build that network platform as high as you can and stay in touch with those folks. And and that way, if and when 
you need to look for a job, activating that network is very natural and doesn't come across as panic. Now, you're right. There are people out there who need to look for a job, and that is fair. But even those folks, when they reach out to network with people, shouldn't ever call somebody saying, can you get me a job? What they want to do is, is contact people and say, hey, I'm reaching out. I'm in your industry. I would love to chat with you. I'm really impressed by your background. You and I both went to the same high school. I would love to hear about your journey and just get to know you. And then That's a Delaware thing. A that, that, really, that really sure is a Delaware thing. Like what high school did you go to? St. <laughs> Louis, too. Isn't it crazy? Is it? They don't care about college. What high school did you go to? Chaminade. <laughs> How do you know about Chaminade here in St. Louis? I graduated from the University of Missouri, and I had a lot of friends from St. Louis and Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. Also Cape Girardeau and some other places, too. <laughs> so That's it was great to hear funny. a smile on your voice when I said Chaminade, because nobody's ever heard of Chaminade. Come on. That's right. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's true. Um, I, I like the way you phrased that. Say it again, the way you said it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to get to know you and hear about your journey um, and, and just have a quick conversation. The other thing that I think is really powerful, Rick, is go on LinkedIn and read the articles and read the posts. And if there are people in your industry where you like what they say, click like. Mm -hmm. comment on it and make a very meaningful comment. And if you really like what they say, share it with your community and comment on it and then message them and say, hey, I am so-and-so in your industry. I absolutely love what you said. It just resonated with me. I'm wondering if you'd spend 10 minutes with somebody junior in your industry and share your journey. And yeah, you'll be surprised just say, how many you know, people will uh, say yes. What's going on uh, in, in your in your sector of the business or something? Here's what's happening with us. Yeah. Uh, and yep. Now, when you do that, should you also act like, hey, you're still engaged in the industry even though you're not employed? You know what? Even if you're not employed, you still come from that industry. You still have that expertise. A lot of people are not employed not because of anything they did wrong, but because the world imploded. We got to talk again. And it's, it's good stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's Chris yeah, Holmes, it's, and the book is Ignite Your Career. Kaboom. Right? Absolutely. All right, last word. Absolutely. Thank you for being on the radio. Uh, it's like, what do we do now? <laughs> well, now I give you the last word. Um, uh, maybe a words of hope or, or advice for folks who are and or maybe are not working, and, uh, and what do you do? So I have two things, Rick. Not only, and you've mentioned my book, which is awesome, but for folks who want a little more help, we also offer career coaching, resume writing, interview prep, and negotiation services. If you go to igniteyourcareerbook.com, you can see our website and all the services. The other thing I will tell everybody is, as a recruiting firm that's been around for 27 years, we have a 30,000-foot view of the economy, and things are percolating. We are getting new jobs daily. The marketplace really is viewing what's going on very, very positively, and they are viewing the world as going to go back to somewhat normal, 
and they've got to be ready for it. So get your resume in order, do your homework, and get ready to interview network so that as jobs come open, people think of you and know the future absolutely will be brighter. Wow, what high school did you go to? I went to John Burroughs. It's like no one here knows what that is. I just had to do that. Well, I'll tell Chris, you, John Hamm and Ezekiel yeah. Elliott and Ellie Kemper all went there. Nice. There you go. Yes. Chris Holmes, great talking to you. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again. Stay tuned. More with Rick Jensen just ahead on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL.